It's Saturday, January the 9th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Democrats eye second Trump impeachment, and Britain approves third COVID-19 vaccine. First, the week in brief. Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic Speaker of the House, said she would begin impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump if he did not resign immediately. Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska became the first Senate Republican to call for Mr. Trump to step aside. Twitter, meanwhile, permanently suspended his account. On Wednesday, after the president's supporters attacked the Capitol in an attempt to disrupt the confirmation of Joe Biden's Electoral College victory, the social media platform had temporarily blocked his account, which had more than 88 million followers. A close examination of recent tweets justified a permanent expulsion, it said, due to the risk of further incitement of violence. Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, said his country was on the verge of developing a nuclear submarine. In a speech to the Congress of the Ruling Workers' Party of Korea, he also pledged to create an expanded, more sophisticated nuclear arsenal. Ahead of Mr Biden's inauguration, Mr Kim lambasted America as North Korea's biggest enemy. Britain approved the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Moderna for emergency use. Officials also ordered an additional 10 million doses, bringing the total to 17 million. Elsewhere, Europe agreed to purchase an extra 300 million doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The Commission bought an initial 300 million doses in November, but these were only enough to vaccinate a small share of the bloc's population. Iran's Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei banned the import of COVID-19 vaccines from America and Britain. On Twitter, he called the jabs completely untrustworthy and accused both countries of wanting to contaminate other nations. Iran is one of the countries in the Middle East hit hardest by the virus, with nearly 1.3 million confirmed cases. Hyundai's shares rose by nearly 20% after the company revealed it was in talks with Apple about developing an electric car. Apple reportedly wants to produce a passenger vehicle that could use its latest battery technology as early as 2024. Hyundai poured water on some of the speculation, saying no deal had yet been agreed. Tesla's market value exceeded $800 billion for the first time, dwarfing the combined capitalization of the three biggest American carmakers by sales, General Motors, Ford and Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. On Thursday, Bloomberg reported that Elon Musk, the electric vehicle maker's founder, had become the world's wealthiest person thanks to a 21% shareholding in his firm. America lost 140,000 jobs last month, according to the latest non-farm payroll figures from the Department of Labor. The fall in monthly employment is the first since the first wave of the pandemic was at its worst in April. America's labor market has weakened under strain from sharply growing numbers of new COVID-19 cases in recent months. And correction. In yesterday's edition of Espresso, Joko Widodo was briefly described as Indonesia's Prime Minister rather than its President. Sorry. And now, here's today's agenda. Fab Flab. Brown Fat Fights Disease. Not all fat is created equal. The usual, much maligned kind is white fat, which is the store of excess calories that builds up when a person overeats. Brown fat, however, burns calories to raise the body's temperature. 
Because it requires expensive scans to detect, and not everyone has it, the exact nature of its benefits has been difficult to determine. But now, research in nature medicine has confirmed that this blubber really is healthful and helpful. In a study of more than 52,000 people, those with brown fat were less likely to have chronic health conditions, including hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease, the biggest killer in America. Moreover, obese people with brown fat seem to be protected from white fat's harmful effects. Cold exposure, caffeine, and exercise are thought to help activate the stuff. Unfortunately, though, the question of how to acquire brown fat in the first place still evades scientists' grey matter. Heavy is the head, tiger. A new two-part documentary charts the rise, fall and rise again of one of the greatest ever golfers. Tiger Woods first swung a club when he was ten months old and was featured in Golf Digest when he was five. At 15, he became the U.S. junior amateur champion, then the youngest ever. At 20, he turned pro, winning his first major the next year. Mr. Woods broke a string of records over the course of the next 13 years thanks to his athleticism and long drives. But various injuries, run-ins with the law and press coverage of his infidelity also affected his performance and ranking. He did not win a major championship between 2008 and 2019, when he finally prevailed again at the Masters. Tiger, which broadcasts its first installment tomorrow on HBO, tells this tumultuous story. It features interviews with Mr. Woods' friends and colleagues, as well as Rachel Yucatel, one of his mistresses. Kill Switch, Filibusters in the Senate a new book about America's political dysfunction comes out on Tuesday, just days after an unruly mob stormed the Capitol to try to stop a Democratic election being confirmed. Kill Switch by Adam Gentleson traces the role of the Senate in the decay of America's body politic. He focuses predominantly on the filibuster, a procedural mechanism that lets senators block legislation. Mr. Gentleson, who worked as a Senate aide, explains how, contrary to a common misconception, the tool was not a part of the original Constitution, but instead became popular in the 19th century, and how white supremacist senators weaponized it to block civil rights legislation and maintain Jim Crow laws in the South. Its use has only grown since then. The bitterness and frustration that currently engulf the upper chamber make it seem a far cry from George Washington's alleged original vision of the Senate as a cooling saucer to the more fiery and reactive House. Love, Labour, Loss, Pieces of a Woman of the 126 minutes that make up Pieces of a Woman, a film released by Netflix this week, 23 are dedicated to one scene filmed in a single shot. The camera stays close to Martha, Vanessa Kirby, as she endures a difficult birth at home beside her partner Sean, Shia LaBeouf, and a midwife, Eva, Molly Parker. The delivery ends in tragedy and the death of their infant daughter. Thereafter, Martha's and Sean's relationship disintegrates, Martha's mother interferes, and charges of negligence are brought against Eva. Reviews of the film have been mixed. Some critics called it a poignant exploration of grief, while others found the screenplay garbled and uneven. They have been unanimous, however, in their praise for Ms. Kirby's performance. 
She won the Volpi Cup for Best Actress at the Venice Film Festival in September, which makes her a frontrunner for the same award at the Oscars in April. The Shape of Coins to Come, H.G. Wells on Money This year marks the 75th anniversary of H.G. Wells's death. In trying to memorialise the British author, famous for his science fiction yarns, the Royal Mint has inadvertently upset his fans. Its new two-pound coin design, which incorporates characters from Wells's novels, is riddled with errors. The Martian tripod from The War of the Worlds is depicted with four legs rather than three. The title character of The Invisible Man, who arrives in the novel wearing a wide-brimmed hat, sports a topper. Fans on an online H.G. Wells forum spotted the mistakes after the design was revealed on Monday. Adam Roberts, Wells's biographer and vice president of the Wells Society, said the writer would be annoyed by this carelessness. He took immense pains to get things right in his own work. In response, Chris Costello, the coin's illustrator, said his representation fits the unique canvas of a coin. He may be wishing for a time machine. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Marco Polo, who died on this day in 1324. I did not tell half of what I saw, for I knew I would not be believed. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.